Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. Uh, and I'm Niall McGowan. You can find me or you can listen to me on Bat Minute 89, a podcast which is the same setup as this, but we just look at the 1989 Tim Burton Batman film one minute at a time, three days a week. We're Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we're not quite the same, but the same idea in principle. So, uh, we're still we're still under the same. We're we're all, hey, we're all yeah. family. We're 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 we're, we're bad yeah, bros. So different, you and I. <laughs> yeah, bat bros. I like that one. Bat bros, sweet. <laughs> That's um, probably a podcast. Bat bro podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the Bat Bros podcast. We're talking about the new issues of Batman. What's up, it's your boy? <laughs> uh, Bane 3000. <laughs> Bane 3000. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're talking about minute number 44 of Dawn of Justice today. Uh, the minute's going to start out with um, a, a very good detailed shot of, of the painting in Lex's uh, trophy room. And um, the minute's going to end with uh, Bruce Wayne investigating some uh, weird goop. Mm, yeah. You know, just like, uh, <clears throat> just like Bruce Wayne in this film says uh it's a fake oh the painting mm. yeah you're talking about the painting yeah, fake. yeah. the painting's a fake because uh it's a fictional artwork it's it does that piece of that does not exist in our yeah. world it's based on something mm. that exists yeah, it's, uh, but it's, it's not exactly the same is it based on the things from wonder woman <laughs> what's the you know, the scene in the wonder woman with like the whole like gods fighting gods and like getting knocked down out oh of and heavens. how like that doesn't exist either that doesn't exist mm. either no, that one was designed for that movie. I know, but it's not. Is it supposed to play off of that? What? What's supposed to? Is play? this painting supposed to play off that exact scene in Wonder Woman? Uh, I, 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 How so? I don't know. <laughs> Tell me. Gods fighting gods and kicking them out of the thing. Like that's what happened with Ares and all that stuff. It was a gods oh, fighting the gods. Oh, so you? Oh, so you think that this? Like that actual event that happened in Wonder Woman that we saw the gods fighting the gods. Is this supposed? Is this painting that? Uh, it could be if. This is somehow tied to Justice League, and someone did a painting of that. Apparently, there's a battle like Darkseid's forces were on Earth before at some point. I haven't seen the film, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, when, like, by the, the time this movie comes out, the Lord uh, of the Rings people are putting the, the shovel in the in yeah, the, dirt. the Lord of the yeah. Rings people, the, the, the Renaissance people. Fair people are putting the mother <laughs> box in it. the dirt. That's it. Um, <laughs> time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> oh, great. maybe by the time Justice League comes out, they'll like reference back to some guy who who painted about Amazon warriors fighting mm. uh, parademons, and maybe that's what this painting yeah. is. Um, but Niall, tell us, uh, tell us what this uh, painting is oh, based this, off. This of. painting. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, this painting is based off uh, Gustav Dore's engraving. Which uh, illustrated Paradise Lost, the you know the John Milton epic poem. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, it's, uh, the piece was called "The Fall of Rebel Angels." It's supposed to be uh, the army from heaven casting out Lucifer down into the into the depths. But uh, obviously, mm-hmm. this film's taken a little bit of dramatic license. But um, it works quite well, though, in terms of what happens. You know, when Lex is saying, "Oh, that should be upside down," because he's referring to. Oh, you know, the Superman coming from the sky. He's the devil that's coming down. The devil's come from above. Whereas when it is flipped upside down at the end, because at that point, Superman is dead. 
And it's like, oh no, the angel is coming up from the ground, which is in, which is hinting at, and again, we haven't seen Justice League yet, but it's almost definite that Superman's going to come back from the dead. So um, it seems like that's what they're... It was very well, very deftly set up, that nice, nice little bit of... Uh, uh, RC fartiness there in terms of using this painting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I do like it because it has so many meanings to it. Like, I mean, you can take it in so many different ways. Like, that's art, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? But yeah, like, uh, I wish this painting was real. I'm sure you probably can't get a a print of it, but uh, yeah, yeah, like a canvas thing. Let's look into that. I think we. I, I think want. We well, I want the Let's get it, and it'll be over our office. I want the Baroque relief actual oil feel of it i don't want just like a printed out spencer's gift shop poster of it i want like a get the get the file get like the pdf of it find it somewhere on the internet and there's like a website that you can get like the pictures transferred on a canvas and like you can yeah add, like, like t public like, where we also have some merchandise. like t public go to t public dot two old media dot com is that what it is no that's not what it is i don't know what hyperlinks are these days anyway yeah. <laughs> it reminds um, me of the you know what mark just paint it yeah. yourself it reminds me of the whole situation we used to have in uh, one of my old houses where we were living together and we really wanted the painting of Vigo from Ghostbusters 2. And you can't, you can get mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can get uh, pictures of it on the internet. But at that point, there was no way you could like blow it up or make like a, there was no available big posters of it. And we thought, like, that's so weird. Do you think that would be a prime bit of merchandise? It's just a poster of that Vigo painting. And then yeah. uh, we recently, me and uh, my co host John, we're doing a, uh, a guest week on Die Hard Minute, which is coming up, I think it's launching this week, actually. And uh, we looked mm-hmm. into, because the guy who plays Vigo is in Die Hard. He's one of Hans Gruber's terrorists. And uh, we looked into his life, and once you find out about that man, you ain't going to want to have a picture of him up in your wall, because he was <laughs> an absolute scumbag. So, um, And maybe that added into, like, what a jerk. oh, we don't want to merchandise that guy, because no one, if, the, if anyone finds out what he did in his life, they're going to tear that poster down pretty instantly <laughs> instead of having him up there. So, yeah. um, But if you want to find out, you can listen to uh, Die Hard Minutes, or you can just Google it, because um, <laughs> that's where we got the information. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, do do listen to Die Hard Minutes. That's where a lot it's of people get fun, their so. information. <laughs> it's like when you have like a picture like the Kramer. I was just you were about gonna to say, say that. I was yeah. gonna say it's like Matt's got a, the Kramer, but it's got that stupid it. Seinfeld logo at the bottom. Like I don't want that. Well, well I, I had a similar thing. issue. I used to have a T-shirt of the Kramer painting, but it was around 2006 when I had it. And it was during Michael Richards' uh, unfortunate onstage meltdown. Oh. And I was just a bit like, said only yeah. recently bought it too. And it's like, I've spent money on this. I had to get shipped from America. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, this is, I was completely torn. It was just like, it's only now I think you could. Do you still oh, have no, it? Oh, no, no. It's like, it's, uh, it's many t shirt sizes ago for me at this minute. But um, mm. no, it was like a long, long, long time ago. Long time ago. But uh, yeah, it was a real, like, I don't, I don't know if I can. Thankfully, though, in the UK, um, Seinfeld was nowhere near as big. So a lot of people just didn't know who he was, thankfully. So I was imagine yeah. it would have been a hot topic in America at the time, though, to walk around with that emblazoned on you. It would be like you're making some kind of statement, unfortunately. but um... It was. And then they had another show. They had Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. And then, like, they touched on it because Michael Richard was in that yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, he did it with J.B. Mm. Smoove. And, like, there was this whole big, like, racist. Oh, it was yeah. so good. It was Wanda Sykes. 
Yeah, it's the Wanda Sykes it, it was, episode. Yeah, oh my god, it was What's so it? good. Was she like, when, was it Leon has to pretend to be Danny Duberstein? The, the guy was awesome. Yes, yeah. yes. Danny oh, Fantastic man. episode. Amazing episode. <laughs> you get baptized every 15 years. <laughs> 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 you got to recharge the mitzvah, you know? Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, here on Seinfeld, <laughs> uh, we will then. Yeah, um, right? A different show. We... Um, We'll we'll cut to uh, a person holding some flowers, some very uh, not so pretty flowers, but a very familiar sound. Uh, oh yeah, when he enters the no, right off the bat, it's the just black zero man. I thought it was when he was opening the the grave. What the? Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, you hear it right right as right as the scene change. You hear the little like echo of the sound the world engine made. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-two seconds in, when he's opening. No, no, no. Seven seconds in. Uh, like you hear just the slightest echo of it. Oh is yeah. This... So I guess throughout his nightmares, that Black Zero sound is it has is haunting. Oh, then man, I didn't even think about that. Like, of course, like that event was deafening, especially if someone that's running directly at it, and like that's like the the basis of your biggest fear right now. Like yeah, that's like you ever, oh man, that's like, like PT, um, super PTSD stuff. Like uh, I, I've been in a car accident and I still hear the sound. Like you really? The, boom, the, boom. Like it crashed. No, it was just the one sound. Just the one. Yeah, I'm thinking. But you of, still like you can. You don't ever like hear that stuff again. I hear. It. I mean, I notice, uh, especially if I'm driving and like there's a car accident. Like I hear like the oh. the, the 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 crunching. I don't know what it is. I, I still like I hear that. I still like. I can picture in the sound and and the and the way it felt like when you get in a car accident. So like I mean if, if that's happening to you, of course you're gonna go to sleep and like maybe wake up with that sense of like that that black zero sound or something. Mm, yeah, so it's good that they reuse that sound bite. Oh, I love it when he's dreaming. Yeah, um, I, I'm see we've talked about it a little bit before, but the fact that this movie is so like dream heavy, it's just I never noticed it when I was watching the movie in theaters. Like, it didn't register that, like, all of this was a lot of dreams, especially, you know, Bruce's monologue in the beginning where it details, like, all of that stuff. And, like, you know, in the dream, they took me to the light. Like, oh, this, I don't know. The whole dream aspect, I it's killer. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I do have to, mm-hmm. it's just the first time we see, because um, you see in the background before Bruce goes to the mausoleum, it's the, re- the remnants of Wayne mm-hmm. Manor. That, that's the first time we see that Wayne Manor's in tatters in the in the film yeah but like is there have you guys dug in to find out of have they come up with a reason as to why it's that way just yet or is that a thing for like oh future films will so, someone else who's not Zack Snyder will have to pick up and go like oh this is what happened or like it's just sort of a so it must be an um, open-ended mystery at this point in the in the art of the film book it says that he he let the place yeah. decay like he he chose not he to oh, keep up right, right, right. he chose not to take care of it he chose to let it to let it die off and mm-hmm. uh they say it's the same way with his parents gravestones uh he doesn't mm-hmm. take care of them uh and it's it's some sort of symbolism of like the rotting kind of thing like uh no matter what he can do in this life as Bruce Wayne or Batman it's never going to um like you can't live make, up to what his parents like his parents died in the gutter like he yeah. can't make and he can't no matter what he does it wouldn't be making it any more yeah. beautiful. No so yeah. yeah, the implication is that What's, he's never 
like uh, like his entire adult life, he's never lived in Wayne Manor. He's always just let it. That that's why it's so decrepit. It's not like oh, the past two years I've just not bothered. It's like he ever since it's happened, he's yeah. never actually act- actively lived there. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder what that conversation with Alfred was, where it was like, "Hey, stop taking care of yeah. the house." Like, do you think Alfred was probably like, "Dude, it's mm. messed up." Yeah, but, you know, like how does I, I, it's Alfred? So like, obviously he. The greatest guy ever, so he'll do what what Bruce wants. But so the thing is, I don't know. That's probably. I always took it to mean like. um, So I think later on in the film, when you're in there, there's a little within Wayne Manor. I think you see some of the graffiti. There's like a Riddler question mark. I was always like, I wonder if that's supposed to be trying to indicate Mm -hmm. that the Riddler did he know about Bruce Wayne at some point, and this was an attack on his house, or is it just that this is one of random kid who's just like. Uh, you know, he's just into the Riddler for whatever reason. He's done the question mark, or you know, what what the. Although I'm sure, like maybe the intention of the filmmakers was like, that's ah, what it's whatever you want it to be until we say otherwise, kind of a kind of a thing. But um, um, the 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 place where you fight Superman is a different location with the. With oh, the is it? okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's me getting mixed, getting completely mixed yeah. up there. So <laughs> cut it. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. But you do. There is a there is a, a still of uh, the Wayne. There's like a giant grand piano that is like completely destroyed, which I, I think might be like a, oh, a slight yeah, nod to some Batman. It is to, so, to the entrance mm, to the cave. Yeah. So, but it's like completely just destroyed. It all the legs are broken. It's I think it's even flipped upside down, um, which might I don't know. You know, uh, I wouldn't put it past some people that are probably not villains anymore or around anymore that they probably did figure out that bruce wayne and batman were one of the same so i mean there's there's had to have been like attacks against bruce wayne in the 20 years and you know maybe well, the I manor mean, got destroyed it, in some way i mean just think it. of like the average person if like you found out that some millionaire billionaire was no longer taking care of his manor it was just leaving it out like of course people would go and loot that shit mm. you know I, yeah, I guess. So it's like, oh, he doesn't take care of it. There's a whole piano just sitting in there. Like, I'd be like, go in there. Squatters, just be people, just kind of a kind of a weird shanty town. <laughs> people just go like, oh, just go and live in Wayne Manor. Like, yeah, they're not doing anything with it. You might as well use it. But uh, maybe Alfred yeah. has to come along with like a brush every once in a while. He's like, get out of here, you kids. <laughs> <laughs> and this Alfred probably, yeah. Oh, what the? Out of toner again? Oh, Lois Lane is going to kill me. Hey, does anyone know where we keep the toner cartridges? Of course. Everyone knows we keep the toner cartridges in the supply closet. The only problem is we're completely out. I just checked. Completely out? But I got to get these articles printed and on Perry's desk by Monday the latest. Well, you could go to Amazon.toolmedia.com and buy the toner from there. They definitely get here before Monday. Amazo who? Amazon.toolmedia.com. You can find almost anything on there, and it'll get here faster than a speeding bullet. And a fraction of what you pay for goes to helping out some podcast called DC Cinematic Minute. Well, that's awesome. I'm all about helping others, as you know. (laughs) All right, so Amazon.toolmedia.com. Well, I better get to it before Superman stirs up another headline. But I think this is the first time as well, because we get the first first of that the uh, it's kind of like bruce's theme that guy like, there's this kind of mournful trumpets or uh, i think it's a, i think it's a trumpet yeah. i think uh, it was, 
I think it's the first time you hear it in the film, but uh, and so of course, then that's when it goes into the we get again much more of an emphatic, uh, you know, the world machine sound. Then it's really emphasized of that that's as, as he's going mm-hmm. in the door. But um, th- this is where it becomes like a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm wondering about the psychology of uh, Bruce here because as he goes in, there's a stained glass window. And it seems to be uh, people have pointed out that this is uh, a depiction of Saint Michael, who was uh, you know the one of the archangels and fought against the, you know, the mm-hmm. fought against the armies of hell and all this sort of stuff. But he's very he's wearing a red cape and a blue outfit, and they even change from the illustrations it's based on to change his hair from uh, red to black, which seems to be like yeah, and he's in a city yeah yeah. And, Buildings, yeah, it's on mm. fire. It's on fire in the sun directly but behind him. It's obvious. Yeah, and even that too, because you got the you know Cal L, Mike L, like all that sort of, and uh, like apparently L is like an old um, what's it, the old Semitic term for uh, God as well. So it's all mm-hmm. like it's, it's all that stuff. Very very nicely done. A lot more um, deftly handled than some of the Jesus. Uh, imagery in Man of Steel. It's a little less like, oh, you actually have to look into this a little bit more rather than just having it up front and center. But um, it just kind of th- the fact that Bruce is dreaming this though, it was seen that like that means it almost seems to be like subconsciously like he's acknowledging, uh, you know, Superman as a force for good. Like maybe deep down in his head, he knows that he actually is like a, or maybe this is like him perceiving him through the media filter of people who love him and they, they, they're revering him as a sort of savior figure. And that's why he's placed on the stained glass window in that, in that regard, rather than Bruce's own thinking of him uh, in that manner. Or I've seen some people argue that like this is Bruce's perception of himself. And then it gets twisted when the, as we see in the next minute, when the uh, hideous bat monster jumps out at him, and that's supposed to be his own darkness consuming him and turning him from the savior figure into something else. But uh, I don't know what, what what do you guys think of like if this guy hates Superman so much, then why is he interpreting him as a saintly figure on a stained glass window in his own dream? So um, with the, I'll talk just exclusively about the Saint Michael thing, and I'll, I'll save my notes about the Bat thing uh, for tomorrow, but. You know, there's two ways, obviously, yeah, there's two ways you can interpret it because either he sees Kal-El as a god or a savior or a demon. And uh, in that original, in like the way that the St. Michael stained glass actually looks in real life, there's a, a demon under, like he has his foot on a mm-hmm. demon. So he's getting ready, this angel is getting ready to kill off a demon. Um, but there's no, there's nothing underneath this one's foot. Um, but there is a city on fire. So I guess you could take it as this demon or this person from the sky is maybe setting the city on fire. Attacking man. Attacking mm. the city. Yeah. Um, so you could take it that way, perhaps. Um, or maybe that is something that he's actually fighting within himself where um, deep down inside he knows that Superman's a good person, but he's not allowing himself to be like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, it might be because of something that we see mm. tomorrow is the issue maybe the problem is himself and not yeah we'll get there. <laughs> maybe he sees that you know because the original has the demon and then this it has uh, the this stained glass painting in the movie has the absence of a demon 
and yet we in tomorrow's minute a demon does appear so maybe he's oh, thinking that he the is the demon is missing from the stained yeah, glass the demon's missing from the stained glass and yet the demon shows up in an, a real life aspect you know so to speak in bruce's dream it's like a tangible where, object where versus the demon some, go? yeah where the demon go oh it's it's behind it's behind it's behind the you know the, the wayne gravestone so yeah that's me sorry we're getting into tomorrow's <laughs> minute but <laughs> sorry. the demon does not show up in this painting and it's in the original that's so terrifying that's be, that's something that so be, who is the demon? that would have been really cool if hold on i'll save it because like you I'll can't because like you know obviously in the original painting like the demon is there to show you that good guy and clear bad guy this one doesn't have a demon so maybe that's bruce questioning well who is the bad mm. guy who is he supposed to be attacking because, you know, we don't get, you know, obviously comic book readers think, oh, Lex Luthor's a bad guy. Yeah, well, that's wrong. Yeah. Is Batman I mean, the bad guy? Oh, we don't know. Mm. So I think the key is that there is no demon yeah. here and that the city is on fire. Mm-hmm. So somewhere Bruce is probably thinking that maybe he is mm. a demon. Yeah. Which he is. So we'll uh, we'll save, uh, we'll come back to that. Put a pen um, in it. Yeah, so he looks away from it. Now we see Martha's grave. He puts the flowers in between both his parents' gravestones. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we kind of get the the year that they died, the 1981, which is also the year that uh, Excalibur mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as he's staring at the grave, uh, a liquid starts to kind of ooze out, ooze. Out, out of the gravestone. And uh, it's... A very interesting mm. liquid. Um, obviously, or is it obvious what it is, I guess? What? I, I, I always took it as blood. Yeah. But it's it's like black. From a movie-making standpoint, mm. I don't know. What is it, chocolate syrup? Because the way it like... It's probably like some, some sort of... Uh, what are they... What is what is that? What is chocolate syrup? Uh, oh, come on. Search the sea? What? Oh, what, what is, the, what is like that a actually? brand? Uh, corn syrup. There you corn go. Corn syrup. Like cur- corn yeah. syrup. It's probably just some sort of diet so... crap like that. Yeah, because blood isn't that yeah. thick. No, but I have stage blood that's pretty thick in my house, and like sometimes yeah. we have to dilute it with water. So yeah, when um, you like when you have like just eaten, it gets like that kind oh, of watery. Computer just died. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you eat, the, your blood gets watery. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Like if you. If you're like up north, you have thick blood like this, perhaps. But like here in Florida, where it's so hot, like we have thinner blood, and also like when you eat, like the blood is a little bit thinner. I did so, not know this. Yeah, so like if you have just eaten, you like cut yourself. It's like usually a lot brighter red, and like because uh, it's like your body's like pushing more blood around your body to like help digest. Is it just with eating, or is it like any physical exuberance? Probably when you exercise too. Yeah. Just when your body has to like. Well, if you're exercising, your muscles are just yeah, pumping yeah. blood like crazy. Yeah, so if yeah. you get a any sort of cut, you're probably just just gushing. Mm-hmm. I kind of so. took it to be um, um, because you know if it's coming from their graves, you think like oh, it must be their blood. So I thought it was just more kind of congealed because it's old, it's old blood seeping out. Which uh, I could have been just more like you know. It could have been one of those, uh, like they wanted to go for a brighter red. It was, it was a bit like um, the, the taxi driver, apparently Scorsese was told like he had to fix the lighting in post because the blood looked too real. And then he, that's why it, now it looks like a very bright red paint and stuff. It could have been like maybe if they wanted to do like a, like a, a more definitely better blood, they're like, it's too disturbing. You better dial that back a bit. But at the same time, the, the, this I is a, something. 
you know, a Superman film where they're talking about buckets of piss. So I don't know how, how much censorship was actually happening uh, yeah. uh, there at the time. So we've been, we talked about it, I think maybe last week, Mark, um, maybe a week before. Red is a very prominent color in this mm-hmm. movie, but it's only really prominent when Superman is there or Cal himself. So with uh, Bruce, we don't really get that much red. Remember, we got a lot of blue in the beginning, um, more dark colors. The only red that we get from Bruce is like computer screens, I guess, in his way. That's that hit that color palette does not go over well with with what we've been seeing Bruce in this film. We've really only been seeing it tied to Cal. So like the blood obviously isn't like going to be like bright red. It could have been bright red. Remember the the spray paint on the the mm. statue mm-hmm. from Wallace. That's bright red. It looked like blood red. <clears throat> Excuse me. Later on in the film, Cal gets cut. Really blood red there's like you know mm, like Luther cuts himself yeah like Luther cuts himself it's still somewhat blood but the red color has never been prominent in bruce's mm. story uh, so there's probably something there but the, i did note uh i was just curious because it's become a, a thing with me now that as i get older i've become obsessed with the ages of characters and films because i'm just like now i've got to the point mm-hmm. of like Oh my god! Like I'm supposed to be an adult. I'm like the same. I've, I've the one I've really got in my head is that John McClane is supposed to be 34. Because it's like, oh my god, I'm almost the same age as John McClane, someone I grew up watching, and I'm almost there. But uh, I did note that uh, Martha as well, apparently 34 when she died, which is kind of. And then um, mm-hmm. Thomas is supposed to be 39. Which you look at Jeffrey Dean Morgan, it's like no way, no way. That's, that's a tough 39 years that guy had, but. Uh, <laughs> See, the, the, the man's 50 if he's a day. But, uh, and, and, dude, that's always, like, adds a little tint of sadness, though, just seeing a little bit of the fact that, like, Bruce Wayne himself is so much older. He's older than his parents ever got to be, which is another little, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it adds an extra element of what was already quite sad of the situation of a kid. You know, he was just a little boy when he lost his parents, and now he's a full-grown man. He's out, he's, he's had more of a life than they ever had, you know, in the, in the in their own time. But uh, it also made me think as well uh, of a thing I had to hold back on last year because uh, my brother had a he had a daughter like his first daughter and uh, she was born like late in the year and um, yeah <laughs> when he actually told me like oh well, what what are you calling her and she's called Martha and it had it had to force everything back at me from shouting out why did you say that name because i knew that he wouldn't <laughs> he wouldn't get it plus it would be like the most inappropriate response to be like oh this is my, this is my this is, our, oh, this is your new niece and then me just roaring that at him but uh now i've had to hold back in that story because every time i tell it to people they're just like what are you talking about and it's like there's no one seen this movie it was huge <laughs> oh that's fantastic <laughs> I wish, oh, I wish that would have happened. <laughs> you know, my mother's name is Martha. Yeah, Martha. And no one's ever asked me. <laughs> so I've, I've totally avoided that, that situation. You know, it wasn't until, like, we were finishing Man of Steel that it hit me, which is weird because it's, like, two years later. Yeah. And, like, I like, think... Oh, wait. And then my I was like, wait a minute. Martha. My mom's name is Martha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I've seen this film so many times and it never hit me like that. Yeah. Like, oh, but, um... Yeah, that's mm. a little interesting. So we did say that this movie is more mom-heavy than Man of Steel. It's like if Man of Steel was around the father figures, this yeah. one's about the mother figures. So like we only really get the Martha mm. Kent 
Headstone. We don't get that. Martha Wayne. Martha Wayne. I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. Yell at me. Don't worry. There's Martha Ken here. Um, but yeah, well, like we don't get um, mm. Thomas Wayne. I, do, I mean, Thomas like, Wayne wasn't even credited in this film. Also, yeah. uh, also I'm very like uh, curious to wonder if it ever would happen. Although, as to say, like he is getting on a bit. Well, even though he looks, in, he's in great shape though. But uh, apparently, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's hoping that this leads to like a kind of flashpoint film, wherein he will get. Yeah, he'll oh, get to play Batman. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ones of, like, everything they're going for. Like, I have no problem with Affleck at all. But it's very much that, like, he's supposed to be an older Batman, but it still very much to me looks like it's Ben Affleck with a bit of gray in his hair. It's not, like, he's, he's not evoking an older person to me. Uh, but if Jeffrey Dean Morgan had been playing Batman and from the get-go, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's incredible casting. Or, um, who, my, mm-hmm. like, uh, my choice for the, the character has always been... Uh, he never seems to get brought up in casting sessions, maybe because his, his hair is too light. But I always thought like Kiefer Sutherland or someone should have been Batman years ago. But tragically, it's it's just never happened. Like it's just one of those. Like, maybe he's too short. Maybe there's some. Uh, I was gonna say I yeah, think he's too short. He's got, he could get lifts. You know, Michael Keaton played Batman. He was like, shorter than Kim Basinger at the time. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, of all the people though, lined up to play. You know, Batman back in the, you know, uh, during the, the casting sessions, because I know Josh Brolin was one that was always brought up as well. But uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan would have been fantastic. Although now I'm sure he's just, he's him and, uh, they call her Laura, uh, Laura Cohen or Laurie Cohen, the woman who played Martha. Of course, now they're, they're just, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, it's created this magnificent thing of like, oh, it's, uh, it's Maggie and Negan from The Walking Dead, or Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> but so maybe that was always destined to happen, just to get that little bit of that little bit of trivia for like a uh, for people to bring up at parties and stuff. That did you know that the <laughs> yes, yeah, the sole purpose. <laughs> Good thing I don't go to parties. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, that's a that's all I had for this one. Yeah, yeah. I think the only good. thing, uh, only other what little thing I had was um. Because of just like the kind of Cronenberg esque thing of like the the wall bleeding, you know the the tomb bleeding, I just you know, mm-hmm. it is a yeah, little. But it also made me think of uh, the old film, um, the house that dripped blood, which of course yeah uh, starred oh, yeah. John Pertwee, and of course Sean Pertwee plays Alfred in Gotham. So it's like hey, there's a little, there's a little coincidence for you right there. <laughs> but there's more party yeah, yeah. trivia for you. <laughs> that's uh, such a great conversation to have at a party oh did you ever see that in the house of just one it's like, it's like, get, out, get out kid how'd you get in it's like not a conversation yeah, you would have kid are you? There's, there's a major there's a ma- um, I actually cool. have like one of my major pieces of like ice breaking trivia it doesn't really work in America though because um, over here in the UK there's a major major soap opera called Coronation Street and uh, one of the ma- one of the people who's been in it since like the 60s it's a guy called uh, William Roach, and his character is Ken Barlow. And then in Batman Begins, his real-life son, Linus Roach, who's in, like, Vikings and stuff now, he's Bruce Wayne's dad. So I used to always be like, did you know that Ken Barlow's son is Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins? And, like, most again, most people are just like, so? But I'm like, that's a, to me, that's, like, amazing. It's like, oh, it's so cool. But uh, now then, that, this was before Vikings, but now every time you mention Linus Roach, people are like, oh, the guy from Vikings is like, yeah, but he's he's also Ken Barlow's kid. You know, that's that's who he is in my heart of hearts. That's who he'll always be. But uh, 
This is a party trivia minutes for uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. Keep that one. Is uh, uh how when you rank Batman films like what is, is Batman I'd actually say um in terms of the live action ones I have kind of a, a, a kind of weird way of scaling it because uh well I say overall of all Batman films Mask of the Phantasms the top like that's just the best they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of films actually if you're ever, you know in terms of entertainment wise I'd say like uh maybe 89 or The Dark Knight would be um the top. But then if you're talking about a film of just Batman, just actually about Batman, Batman Begins is the best because it's the only one that's really focused on him. It's the Batman story. That and The Dark Knight Rises are very much uh, in tangent about uh, being solely about that character. So it's the times I've actually had to say, like, yeah, Batman Begins probably is the best Batman film, really, because in terms of live action, because it's the only one that's really about him. So, um, whereas... Uh, yeah, well, uh, this one, you know, it's 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 above you know a couple of the other ones, but it's about it's about middle of the scale for me, uh, because you know of all the problems in the film though, as I do have some uh, issues with just what the, the the way of the written the character in terms of you know it, it, this isn't a, a, a version of Batman that I recognize, although I I, I realize that. You know the whole point of it is that, well, this is a, a point in his story where he's gone beyond his own morality and stuff, and he's he's passed so much things have happened, mm-hmm. so he is a very different person, and maybe the story of this is him getting back to the way he was. Um, but the, yeah, the, the actual stuff of Batman in this film is 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 most of it's great. Like it's uh, so he 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 certainly elevates a lot of it. Although I will say, not a fan of the costume. And uh, it's mo- mostly because I don't really like the artwork in the, the Dark Knight Returns. So the fact that they're leaning so heavily on that to me is just like, oh god! So it just looks so. I don't like. I don't mm-hmm. like how chunky it is. I don't like the little ears. I don't like that. Uh, you know, ink blot looking bat symbol. It's just it, all of, all of it for me now. It's just yeah. kind of like buying my time to like they're going to do a suit redesign soon because you know that's how you churn out more toys. So it's like yeah, down mm-hmm, the line they're gonna course. redesign that Batman outfit and hopefully I'll get something closer to what I like. So Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for today. Um if you enjoyed everything you heard, don't forget to find us on iTunes. You can leave us a five star review and it really helps us out on the show. Um and DCE Minute. Don't forget to check out Batman eighty nine. And uh yeah, we'll catch you tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.